InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The headlines have been scary. There's been a surge in hospital staff infections, and hospitals themselves may be causing the deadly problem. With the facts you need to know, here's InfoTrack's Taryn McCall. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest today on InfoTrack is Lisa McGeffert, Director of the Consumers Union's Stop Hospital Infections Campaign. Welcome to InfoTrack, Lisa. Thanks. Years ago, when my brother was an intern, he mentioned this very problem as a looming menace. Is this bug, MRSA, MRSA, a new mutation, or is the reporting of it just now exposing an older issue? MRSA has been around for many years, since the 60s, but just until recently, it has really only surfaced in the hospital or healthcare setting. The emergence of it in community settings is what's new, and certainly awareness of hospital-acquired infections in general has increased over recent years, some of it due to activity in the states that we've been involved in to try to get public reporting of infection rates by hospital. How does the hospital patient typically become infected? The hospital is a particularly dangerous place because these bacteria live in the hospital, and if it's not properly disinfected and cleaned, it can stay on surfaces for long periods of time. So nurses, doctors, healthcare workers, and others can transmit the bacteria by touch. That's typically how it's done. Some bacteria is on the hand or maybe a piece of equipment that gets transmitted to the patient. And it's particularly dangerous in the hospital because that's where a lot of invasive procedures are done. And this superbug, MRSA, is virulent if it gets into what they call sterile parts of the body, the bloodstream organs, as opposed to just resting on the skin. And this particular staph infection does not respond to the old line antibiotics, does it? That's correct. Most antibiotics that we have available today do not work with MRSA or MRSA. What does work? Well, some people say this takes us back to 1950s medicine or before we had readily available antibiotics when the only defense against infection was prevention. And the basic line of defense against infections is hand cleaning, making sure that the hands are cleaned, the doctor's hands, the nurse's hands, anyone else that touches the patient has clean hands before they touch the patient. I'm a little shocked that you'd bring up hand washing. I was under the assumption that medical personnel are trained to wash their hands before and after any contact with the patient. So shouldn't they already be doing this? They should be doing that. And every hospital has a policy that requires them to do it. And yet they don't follow the policies. All the research on hand hygiene has pretty much come to the same conclusion. And that is that doctors and nurses clean their hands about half the time between patients. One of the things that we've done recently is called on hospitals to release to the public their hand hygiene compliance rates. Almost every hospital in the country has, over the last couple of years, launched campaigns to improve hand hygiene in the hospital. We don't really know if they're working or, you know, if they're effective, and that's why we're asking hospitals to tell us how effective they've been. There's another side of this issue which is very concerning, and that is otherwise healthy people, teenagers and children particularly, getting MRSA and getting very ill or dying. And these are not people in hospitals. A lot of us carry MRSA on our skin, 
and it doesn't harm us. It is harmful if it gets into, you know, your internal body, your bloodstream or organs. The places where they're seen most of the cases are jails and prisons, schools and daycare centers, and that's because those environments, people are close together. Like in schools, it's particularly in athletic settings or teams where they might be bumping up against each other or sharing towels or soap or other ointments in the locker room. And those are all things that can spread this bug around. What should we be on the lookout for? What exactly does a MRSA infection look like? Well, most of the community-acquired MRSA is a skin-type infection. It looks like a boil or a spider bite, and most of those cases can be treated. Some antibiotics do still work against MRSA, and as long as it doesn't become invasive, they typically work well in containing it. One of the things that's happening is people are going to their doctor's office for these skin conditions, and some of these are being lanced, and they're probably not being treated in the most sterile environment possible, and that's probably something that doctors' offices need to be paying more attention to. We do know that the MRSA bacteria can live on surfaces for days and sometimes longer, so it's imperative to disinfect the location where, say, a boil is lanced so it does not spread to the next patient who goes into that room. But for somebody at home that has what looks like a spider bite or a boil, they shouldn't try to take care of this on their own? They should get right to a doctor? They might not. I mean, I think if you have something that doesn't seem to go away with normal cleaning and disinfecting or antibiotic ointment or something like that, then you should probably go see your doctor. Still, the first line of defense at home and at school would be hand hygiene, And you can wash your hands or use an alcohol-based gel, which is typically available at most grocery stores and drugstores. And just be very conscientious about using it, especially before you deal with any kind of cut or wound or anything like that. For example, if you're a mom and you're doctoring your child's cut, you want to be sure to have clean hands before you touch the cut. When this is in the community, it's a responsibility of everybody to be more conscientious about cleanliness in order to prevent the spread of bacteria. But in the healthcare setting is where 85% of these infections occur. And certainly people typically in these settings are weaker because they're sick and they can't fight off the infection. Almost 100,000 people die every year from hospital-acquired infections. That's a lot of people. It's more than homicide and car accidents combined. So if the hospitalized person can't or doesn't make note to ask the healthcare professionals to wash their hands, relatives certainly should keep an eye on that. Yes, we always recommend that you have somebody at the hospital with you as much as possible, a relative or a friend who can be your advocate. You know, I think when you go into the hospital, it's always a good idea to ask the question, What are you going to do to prevent the spread of infection? It's an open-ended question. It's not accusatory, and it will open a dialogue with your doctor and nurses for them to tell you what they do at the hospital to prevent them and educate you about how they go about doing it. And it puts it in their head that you're concerned about this, and that's a good reminder. We've been talking with Lisa McGeffert, director of the Consumers Union's Stop Hospital Infections campaign. Lisa, where can listeners go for more information? 
Almost every state health department in the country has information about community-acquired MRSA on their sites and certainly the CDC, Centers for Disease Control. We collect a lot of information on our site, stophospitalinfections.org. Lisa McGifford, thank you so much for being with us today on InfoTrack. Thanks. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. Next, today's kids live in a wired world. How can parents unplug them once in a while? Stay tuned for some great ideas coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.